It's Men's Health Week and we all know that means that there's messages to the guys saying get to your GP, get your checkups, get diet and exercise right. There's all those conventional messages that we know about. We're going to take a little bit of a different approach today. I'm sitting down with Caitlin to talk about cancers in men and the ones that she's found most common and some other ones that are a bit unique but what you have to look out for as an EP to provide the best possible practice. Listen on for some great tips that you can start embedding in your practice tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Body Track Academy, created by EPs for EPs. We'll cover all things clinical, business and personal growth to help you and the exercise physiology industry reach its potential. If you enjoyed this episode and find something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review and tell your friends to check it out. If you haven't already joined the Body Track Academy on Facebook, Look us up, join our community of exercise physiologists, and access more great content. All right, everyone. This week is a special podcast because it is Men's Health Week, and I'm sitting down with Caitlin, who is our oncology specialized EP here at Body Track. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? Very well. Now, being a guy, it is Men's Health Week. I'm in all my glory here, but I've brought you in because there are very many cancers specific to men we know the big one being prostate but i wanted to get a little bit of a bit of a chat about what your experience has been with um with guys and cancer care that you've had and how an ep fits in so so let's start sort of at the top um is prostate probably the main one you see or or not well that's definitely the most prevalent amongst men and obviously with cancers that are more prevalent we get a few more people and Mm -hmm. i think a big thing about why we may see more men with prostate cancer is there is quite a, a long, um, quite a good prognosis as mm. well for, for prostate cancer when it's detected early. So we see um, men either in uh, quite a long active surveillance or yep. quite a long treatment or quite a long survivorship phase. Yep. Um, so that's kind of when we can see um, when we can see them. Um, in addition, typically that diagnosis sparks a bit of a interest in okay, well, I need to t- prioritise my health. Yeah. What's one of mm. those things? Exercise. So then they start seeking ways to do exercise that's mm-hmm. a bit more supportive of um, or safe for a cancer diagnosis. So okay. then they start to look at, okay, well, exercise physiology is a little bit yep. more um, specialised and probably will be a bit safer than just going to the gym or yeah, PT. Yeah, for sure. And I think... <laughs> Like any guy, we don't act until there's a problem, do we? Yeah. Um, I feel women have still got us on that, don't they? Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're pretty so good. Yeah. But no, it's definitely the case. And I've just come from a men's health breakfast, and you could even see in just how they were speaking about their health. It wasn't until there was a problem that they're going to make an action. So let's go back. You, you mentioned active surveillance. Uh, can you just just go into those phases of of particularly with prostate cancer mm-hmm. first? That that kind of um, phases that you can see um, those clients at, and, and sort of what does that mean for everyone listening out there? Definitely. So, kind of um, 
there's a few different stages that you might encounter um, with a prostate cancer patient. They may be um, are going through surgery, so they may be having a partial or full prostatectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, they may uh, be having um, chemotherapy or, or radiation, um, or they may be going through something called active surveillance or yeah. watch and wait, where yeah. um, they're monitoring their PSA levels um, and then, yeah, where the treatment commences from there or um, seeing if things improve. Perfect. Yeah. And PSA level is? Prostate-specific antigen. Yep. Perfect. And I'm going to do a quick plug for um, exercise because exercise has been shown to actually lower PSA. Mm. Um, so that's a big reason why yeah. we would want to do it. <laughs> is, that, is that lowering it regardless of cancer? Because we know the PSA will go up. We, uh, we that doesn't mean that they have cancer, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So are you yeah. are you saying that still with PSA levels rising, if you exercise, it can actually drop it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's there has been some some evidence done, and it has mm. shown that that it can have an, a really positive influence on on the PSA levels. So yeah. Um. I think that's at the end of the day a really big win for for exercise. Cool. Yeah. All right. So advice to guys who are not acting until there's an issue. We want to sort of reverse that. What are the, I don't know if there, there's any, um, and it might be a bit more medical, but the signs and symptoms, the frequency of trying to get the PSA levels checked mm-hmm. and getting um, the digital rectal examinations, yeah. what's the kind of the guideline there? Um, well, definitely that um, regular screening is really, really important. And yeah. I think that's something that just really needs to be, you just got to, do it like mm. there's no point waiting around or mm. waiting until a mate is diagnosed with prostate cancer and then being like, oh shit, I better get myself yeah. checked. Like yeah. it's just, it's not something you want to mess around with. And unfortunately, prostate cancer is something that does occur, can occur quite young um, mm. in in men as well. Um, so it's it's you don't just it's not just something that happens in in older men. That yeah. it, that needs to be a big mindset change that needs to happen. Mm. Um, I think. As uh, from a holistic point of view, really um, starting to be mindful of what you are doing currently for your health as well. Like what kind of things have you got in your lifestyle that may be um, negatively contributing to your health and yeah. Uh, yeah. possible carcinogens and different things. And mm-hmm. Look at that more preventative um, scope because there is a really, really positive correlation between um looking at those lifestyle factors, intervening with those um, uh, modifiable factors and really reducing your risk of of cancer. Mm. Um, we see that with lung cancer. You see that with colorectal cancer. There's a very big genetic um, component that can um, have an influence on, on cancer. Yep. Um, but yep. there is also a, a modifiable and at the end of the day, you can only control what you can control. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think, again, that was a massive message that, mm. We heard today at the breakfast, um, and yeah, hopefully it's motivated some guys to to get out there and and get checked because uh, there are they were at that kind of that age category, that vulnerable age to uh, to get all those 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 checks done. So let's go into the specifics of you as an EP. Mm-hmm. Now I'm guessing you would see some some clients who um, uh, they don't have cancer, they're they're exercising regularly, but they're in that age category. Your advice to them is getting checked in your professional like i feel from our point of view our professional input there is we're managing that as well it's not just the exercises we're prescribing 
but also telling them to get on top of their health by getting checks with their GP and everything because exactly like you said, mm. it's uh, it can be sometimes too late because yeah. it can be quite aggressive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So let's move on from, I guess, prostate cancer. What's some other cancers that you've seen uh, commonly, particularly for men? Yeah, definitely. So um, colorectal cancer is another one that's really, really high. Mm. Um, I think mm. it's the third cancer. Um, lung cancer, lymphoma, leukemia, multiple myeloma. Yep. Pancreatic cancer is a really unfortunate one. Um, brain cancer is is a big one that also seen. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a few. Um, right. Obviously, breast and prostate are the ones that get a lot, and they have a lot of evidence behind mm. it. So it can be hard as an EP working with um, some of the some of the other cancers that are less uh, well, don't have as much evidence for. Um, it it can be really really challenging. Um, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Let's go through some of those cancers that you have mentioned. Um, some of those names of past i've gone hang on what was that again so there's the obvious ones like you said prostate lung um let's talk about lymphoma yeah can you tell us a little about what lymphoma is and 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 what your input is and and what um you're looking out for as an ep yeah so um lymphoma um quite often i probably see mostly like non-hodgkin's mm-hmm. um lymphoma it yep. is cancer of the um bone marrow yep. um it uh is usually treated with um chemotherapy as opposed to surgery um and quite often it can have quite a long treatment um period one of the really big side effects we see um, with patients going through treatment, especially for like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, is um, fatigue is a really, mm. really big one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's so interesting like how specific um, the side effects can be for each cancer and then each treatment is, yeah. as well and, and really having that broad knowledge of all of those different things um, specific to each cancer takes quite a lot quite a lot of time to really mm. have that basis yeah, yeah indeed and again um yeah the exposure and everything that you need to get to experience that uh, and we've talked about that in another podcast coming up about our options um for enhancing your skill set mm. uh with working with patients with cancer and a variety of different cancers and um yeah, exciting news about what we're offering in terms of um, opportunities to see clients that are going through cancer and, and utilizing our team here um, uh, with Caitlin as well for for that. So listen out for that podcast in the next couple of weeks. Other cancers that you mentioned? I've gone blank. Uh, brain cancer. Brain cancer, brain yeah. Cancer. Tell us about that one. This is a really scary one. Um, and brain cancer is really interesting because it can present in so many different ways as well as um, affects people in so many different ways Mm. because of the nature of the brain having all of the different lobes, um, the size of the tumour, how many tumours. So like obviously increased pressure within the brain or or the presence of of tumour on different lobes can definitely impact um, people in terms of like their balance, in terms of their speech, in terms of their... Um, motor control mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of their personality is a really interesting one as well. So um, there's so much to consider and I think 
that almost at the end of the day you need to be a specialist in just brain cancer to work with yeah very complex because it is it does take quite a lot of mm. um knowledge and use of your anatomy as well to, <laughs> yeah to yeah so if someone comes to you with a quite quite often they'll just let me know that they have a, a brain cancer but not where it's where it's located and it is important to follow up and find about yep. a little bit more about because that will really heavily influence where your exercise prescription lays yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is probably a, a question that you may not be able to answer because it depends on where the cancer is in the brain, but is there anything in particular that you've seen in your experience with someone with brain cancer uh, and the effect on their their movement patterns or the the effect on I guess their lifestyle. What's some examples that you have there? Yeah, definitely. Um, memory is a really big okay, one that I yep. probably see um, the most in um, in brain cancer. But that's mm. once again just specific to where the location of the tumor is um, or the tumors. Yeah. Um, so and that has really um, important implications for as an EP understanding. Okay, well what do I need to do to support this person in terms of um, helping them with managing changes in memory? Like is that just localised to um, do you need to uh, be writing their appointment down or having mm. Um, mm. a little bit more, spending a little bit more time making sure that you are um, supporting them with like your program being um, put on to like PhysiTrack is really helpful because we can email the program to them and then yep. they've got videos and everything's simplified for them right towards like um, do we need to be doing a little bit more of a targeted intervention where we have some some cognitive training where they're mm. doing a little bit of um, recall-based stuff. Um, is that going to support them in, in, yeah. in helping managing those side effects and improving their, their quality of life and their um, – activities of daily living fantastic yeah, yeah and i guess it, it comes down to that initial appointment doesn't it when you're going through the subjective going through the objective mm. those fundamentals that we we've talked about in a few podcasts now for other conditions but it's 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 still effective in um someone with brain cancer as well Absolutely. um and getting as much information as you can from allied health to get the best quality and most almost effective program right absolutely yeah yeah um what other cancers were we discussing before? Did we cover them all? Yeah. Firma. So. Yep. They're the main ones the you've main seen. Ones, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pancreatic cancers. Ah, that's the one. Aggressive. Pancreatic. Yep. So I probably I don't really see that many. Mm. I'm not sure about other EPs in the area. I have to check with Nicole as well. But um, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of. Yeah. Because like the prognosis is is quite is often quite poor, and so yep. time changes is quite. And mm. so, as I said, um, kind of at the start with that longer um, survivorship phase um, mm. and that longer kind of or greater prognosis in, with like prostate cancer, that's where we usually see them that bit more because we've got that opportunity yep. for intervention. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's talk some stats. Some stats. You love the stats, exercise um, and cancer as a whole. It can be specific if you want to go down that path yeah. to, to prostate or to bowel or what, whatever yeah. cancer you have been, um, had experience with, but... What kind of percentages are we talking in terms of risk reduction, um, pre-treatment or during treatment and how yeah, exercise has yeah, that benefit? Yeah. I think like what's really important is overall we know, um, especially, especially with like prostate cancer, that exercise has a really positive impact on um, on treatment, mm. treatment outcomes, management of side effects, 
quality of life. Um, but what's really, really um, important and, and exciting is that exercise can um, also improve um, prognosis as well. Um, so we can see there is a correlation between um, uh, improved risk reduction for um, prostate cancer patients who are exercising vigorously mm. um, and mortality. So um, in prostate cancer patients who are exercising at a vigorous level, there was shown to be a risk reduction of prostate cancer-specific death of 61%. Wow. Uh, yeah, and all-cause mortality of 49%. So that's death not due to prostate cancer, but yeah, okay. cardiovascular disease or... Yeah. 61%. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a heap. Um, And and we know like vigorous exercise is that short bout as well. It doesn't have to be, you know. And I think that's a a really – because you see patients who come in and, you know, to be honest, most blokes, some maybe on their own accord, but maybe Mm. have been sent to you from the GP and they don't know so much about exercise and their conceptual – the preconceived idea is – they have to run as hard as they can and yeah. bulk up as much as they can. Yeah. It's this notion. But when it comes to it, uh, vigorous exercise for those patients isn't yeah. that hard, it's is relative. it? Yeah. yeah. It's all relative. Absolutely. For Absolutely. sure. Um, any other cool stats that our audience can tap into for your treatment with um, men with cancer? Men with cancer. Um, well, let's talk about um, colon cancer, one of the lesser-known ones in terms of the relationship between the evidence and for exercise and what we can apply. Um, there was a really good study done um, in colon cancer patients um, in hospital stage 1 to 3 um, who they did a comparison between usual care and an exercise um, group um, on the influence of length of hospital stay. Um, and they were doing quite a lot in intervention but that was while they were still in hospital Mm. um Mm. two lots of 15 minutes um of combination of different types of exercise um was shown to improve or reduce their time that they actually spend in hospital so the usual care group was nine about nine days um and the exercising group was was seven um and we know that uh for long-term outcomes reducing hospital length of stay is really really important yeah Yeah. sure and that was from 15 minutes two times wow that's impressive isn't it like and you think about what 15 minutes is i mean we've been talking for 15 minutes and that was the exercise (laughs) session so um that's really that's amazing stuff that's coming out now and like especially in such an acute um, stage like they're still in hospital. Yeah, like, it yeah. can be really hard to have an influence on people's um, willingness to exercise when they're in such an in- acute setting. For sure, um, yeah. like it is very mm. often. Well, it is more often that we will see people quite down the track after they've got everything sorted. They've been out of hospital for a little while, but we know early intervention is so so important for long-term um, outcomes and that really kind of reiterates how early mm. starting with exercise is. It's not something you want to put off until yep. it's it's too late when you do already have a diagnosis. That's right. And the same as your preventative when, yeah, to reduce that risk of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's amazing stuff, hey. Like exercise really is medicine. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, so we've tackled a lot about uh, the cancers that you've been um, seeing most common in men. Uh, and gave, gave some really good stats there as well. So part of Men's Health Week wouldn't be capturing the whole health profile. So 
Um, what else do you look out for, Caitlin, with your clients? So they, they may they may have cancers with uh, or, or different types of cancer, but what other health factors are we looking out for for, for our, our guys out there? Yeah, definitely cardiovascular and mm-hmm. metabolic health are really, really big things and something that um, has to be addressed um, in if they're going through treatment or if they've had treatment as mm. well because we know like for prostate cancer, ADT can have a really detrimental impact on um, lean muscle mass and yep. accumulation of, of fat mass. Um, there is quite a high percentage of increase in fat mass that occurs during ADT which can be mitigated with with exercise, so it's really important to make sure that you're applying the right kind of protocol to be reducing that because increased fat mass has a pretty strong correlation with increased um, risk in that cardiometabolic profile. Sure. Yeah. Um, mm. So tackling that from a broader yeah broader perspective is is really important. Yeah, and like even just tacking on from that, one of the guest speakers, and this links back to cancers, but one of the guest speakers this morning was saying is uh, I think a four times greater increased risk of someone who has type two diabetes of developing prostate cancer. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it it goes it comes around and goes around, it doesn't does, it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think the main message is, blokes, get off your butt. Yeah, get out there and actually see someone like. Um, Caitlin, if you're experiencing anything issues with uh, the um, with cancers and wanting quality care with uh, exercise, um, but it's really good to talk to you about your insight of what cancers uh, that you've seen, particularly with men, and also how you've looked at other other factors for for guys out there and what we need to do to get them healthy and reducing their risk, particularly in Men's Health Week. Yeah, I think my big take home point would be. Start early. <laughs> yeah. Start Don't early. Wait. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it and a big like it can be really challenging with a with a diagnosis. It shakes your your life up and really challenges a lot of what you thought and, and mm. your plans and stuff. Um, but having support around you is really important and um, starting to seek support from allied health professionals and as exercise physiologists we also guide you with well, I think it's a time to see a dietitian or yeah. I think you need an OT. Mm. Um, so it, it's a good place to to start, get started if, you, if you're not sure where the best people to be able to guide you safely yeah. and effectively. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, for everyone listening out there, that's a really good insight about how um, Caitlin's managing and the team here are managing their clients and some great take-home points for you to take into your practice starting tomorrow. Thank you very much, Caitlin. Great yes, stuff you. on your. This is your first podcast, yes. being Men's Health Week, so yes. smashed it. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Body Track Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found something useful, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends to check it out. If you're not already in the Body Track Academy on Facebook, look us up. Join our community of exercise physiologists and access more great content.